I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it is your mate Bags here. Sonia and I absolutely love putting this podcast together for you. Now, if you are loving what we are doing, we would love a bit of your help and it's absolutely free. If you listen to us on Apple, make sure you hit the subscribe button or the little plus button at the top of the app. Or if you listen to us on Spotify, hit the follow button. Now, this lets the apps know that you are loving what we are doing, which is so helpful for us. And also, if you can share this podcast with your friends, it helps us get the word out there. We're now heard in 740 cities around the world, which is absolutely wild. And don't forget, while you're there, make sure you follow our closed Facebook group as well. We feel like we are building a community and we want more people to come and join us. So thanks for listening. My penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized. The last place I wanted to be was Frost Nippistan. I'd been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. She'd urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. My mum used that on her lips. You want me to put that on my todger? It works, Harry. Trust me. I found a tube, and the minute I opened it, the smell transported me through time. I felt as if my mother was right there in the room. Then I took a smidge and applied it down there. One, two, three, four! Coming up today, Prince Harry's book, Spare. We discuss the press interviews with Anderson Cooper and Tom Bradbury. This is Tied Up, a podcast where we discuss and dissect the biggest pop culture stories that have made an impact my name is Simon Bags, And I'm Sonia Jarshan. Now, Son, I'm a bit frazzled today. Yeah, what's going on? Well, it's hot in Australia at the moment. Julia, my wife, and I we went to Bondi Beach yesterday yeah. and we were sitting outside a place called uh, Beach Burrito, okay. right? Which is on the kind of like on the highway there yep. in Bondi. In Bondi, yeah. We're cool. sitting there, hot as, eating our burritos. <laughs> yeah. And I just hear this body smack onto the pavement, right? And there's... What? So there's buses flying past us and all this kind of thing, right? And I just see everyone's faces in shock, right? Oh, my God. And my God. wife is like, what the fuck? So in my... Because I've just heard the body smack. What? Yeah. So I didn't want to look. So I blocked my wife's eyes because I, I was like, you what? You didn't know what it was. But I didn't yeah. want her to <laughs> sure. be mentally... Whatever that oh was, Oh, my God, right? yeah. And then I've turned and there's this guy on the ground. <gasps> like a, he'd come off the beach. He's yeah. just on the ground. So what had happened, he had sunstroke, right? Oh, my God. And he passed, passed out. Passed out and his head whacked onto the pavement, right? You're and knocked himself kidding. out, right? Yeah, it was oh pretty horrendous. Oh, my God. And the, the noise was that loud that you, you know when you hear like, a, yes. like, like bones hit, right? Yes. Anyway, the Ambos turn up. He's out for like about 10 sure. minutes. And I don't see him again. But I start to try and eat my burrito again. <laughs> and then I start getting all of this anxiety because in my mind, I've pictured that a bus hit, hit him. I was going to say, I right? thought the bus hit him. And knocked him onto the pavement. So that's what was playing through my yeah. mind. Yeah. And then I started fizzing out. Oh, and then the Ambos had to take care of me. No, they did <laughs> yeah, not. And put all their things on me because I apparently went white and then started to look like I was oh, passing out no. because my mind just went into overdrive of like. Oh, bags, you put Because I, did, I just heard the noise, yeah, didn't of see it, but saw everyone's faces react. For those in Australia that know Bondi Rescue. <laughs> 
right? This is so embarrassing. The fucking cameras run up and Yulia gets her fucking makeup bag out and goes, oh, fuck, one more Right? <laughs> and I'm like freaking out. You're pale white yeah. with the machine on trying yeah. to get your heart rate. And they start interviewing the actual person that was the guy. Like, yeah. yeah. And then Yulia's getting ready like, hey, we're going to be on Bondo Rescue. <laughs> you guys, if you don't know what Bondo Rescue is, check it out. It's like an Australian show where they do drama they, on yeah, the beach. save people who are drowning. Yeah, and I'd come back to kind of normal because I literally almost passed out. Yeah. I, I was looking pretty weird. Oh, yeah. my God. And I had to go, no, nah, yeah. I'm not interested in being on the TV. Yeah, you know, I did, Nothing happened to me. Yeah, like, you, I, I was just eating a burrito. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was on Death this show? Death burrito, though. <laughs> like, mate, you've, you've got sunstroke, you know, you've fucking hit your head. We're going to take you to the hospital, oh. make sure you're okay, give you a scant. And they go, and what's happened to you? And I'm like, <laughs> I was eating a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started to faint because I was just worried about everyone else. <laughs> what a pansy. That's so sweet, though. Oh, that's horrible. You poor thing. Mate. But the fact that your, your wife's life? first reaction was to pop the makeup out. There's all these producers with earpieces in. And she's like, oh, it's Bondi Rescue. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. And I'm like, I'm not going on Bondi Rescue for nothing happening to me. Like, did no they, way. Did they at all ask you to sign a release or no? Nah? No, no, they didn't feel much because I said, you. no, guys, nothing yeah. happened. To, there's no story here. They look. They're like, it looks like there's a story. A story. And I'm like, no, there's no, I, nothing actually <laughs> you happened. Have said I was but of course, they a would still want that because they would just want to take that piss out of me. I'm like, 100%. and you're you know, Oh, mate. Oh, you poor thing. But God, Far what right. a great story. I hope that guy's okay. Oh, mate, me too. It was such a loud, like that, that hitting yeah. that cement. Because it must have. It was such a hot day yesterday. Yeah, you got to stay hydrated, guys. If you're in Australia, it's so hot mm. here right now. Like, and shout out to our listeners in the northern hemisphere who are probably freezing their tits off yeah, right now. Yeah. Anyway, Son, what are we tied up with this week? Prince Harry and his memoir spare. Now there, of course, has been a whirlwind of press surrounding this, and quite frankly, I think everyone is a little over it all. Too much press. <laughs> but we did promise you this episode, so we're going to deliver on that. Now the book was, of course, leaked in Spain, all the details were revealed very early on, but it is in fact the breakdown of all his press interviews that you and I are going to delve into today. It seems that the Duke of Sussex is trying a new strategy when it comes to handling life in the public eye, and that is, in my opinion, tell everyone everything all at once, right? Like he's just throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks. And among the heap of personal info shared in the book, Harry discloses experiences like losing his virginity behind a pub, watching Meghan Markle's sex scenes on the TV show Suits, and doing shrooms at Courtney Cox's house. This episode will focus on the takeaways from his press interviews with Anderson Cooper and Tom Bradbury. But before we get into those, we have to talk about one particular passage in the book, the penile frost nip, yes. which he got during a trip to the North Pole shortly before his brother's wedding. Now, here's what happened. According to the book, Harry got frost nip, yes, a pre-frostbite condition that doesn't result in permanent skin damage while trekking around the North Pole with some veterans during a 2011 charity expedition. During the trip, a confusing combination of insufficient layers and too much sweating led him to get frost nip on his ears and fingers, and also he discovered weeks later he's... Todger! The Todger! (laughs) I love this so much. Now, the situation worsened during Prince William's wedding when he apparently attempted to remedy things at home without alerting the British public to the state of his penis. Yeah. He's talking about putting his mother's favourite face cream on his Todger. Now, this audio is from the audiobook. Take a listen. My penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatised. 
the last place I wanted to be was Frost Nippistan. I'd been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. She'd urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. My mum used that on her lips. You want me to put that on my todger? It works, Harry. Trust me. I found a tube, and the minute I opened it, the smell transported me through time. I felt as if my mother was right there in the room. Then I took a smidge and applied it down there. Oh, mate, no one wants to hear Todger and Mum's lips in the same sentence. And the fact that he even says he had memories from the smell of the cream of his mother (laughs) while applying to his It's a lot of information there. Look, I love the TikTok videos that were rolling around with with women that had the the ear pods in, right? And they're listening at work. And then they would say penis, right, or Todger. And, and then they'll kind of look reacts. around and like spit water out of their <laughs> yeah, mouth and shit. Because also he's very prim and proper. Totally. So when you hear him speak about his manhood, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, what is happening? Yeah. But I just think it was the context of him putting his mum in that scenario that made it so like icky. When you're writing a book though, yeah, you know what you're putting in there. Yeah, and are you putting that in? Are you putting that detail in? But don't you reckon because he's like. Fuck it. I'm putting everything in this. Like, mm. I want as many sales as possible. Don't you reckon in the draft, right, he would have gone to the publicist or publisher and gone, what do you think of this? I'm not sure if I want that in. And the book publisher would have been like, Put it mate, in. we're leaving the Todger in. Well, I guess there's smart people that think, okay, social media, like the, the TikTok moment, they probably would have worked out, okay, people are going to create memes or whatever that's it is right. out of this, right? So, And that's going to sell more books. Of course yeah. it is. Now, ladies, in case you were thinking, is his todger okay? Harry consulted a doctor and he found out he just needed to be patient and wait for his penis to properly thaw out. So there's no issues down there. He's all good. Also <laughs> another awkward moment for him, though, to go to the doctor and whip the old wang out there <laughs> yeah. and have to have it checked. It would be for anyone. One, though, anything to do with your privates, like yeah. even for a girl, like well, you we girls are always do. doing it. You're always getting checked every oh, two years when you go to the gyno, right? Yeah. No girl enjoys a pap smear. Do you think we want to sit there with the, in the stirrups while we get a vice shoved in our fanny? Yeah, that's not fun. And like you get hoisted up, it's but okay, messed up. Okay, but how's this? When you're a guy and you turned fifty, yeah. I haven't had this yet because I'm only in my thirties. But you get the old finger, yeah, not, the not a stirrup. You get a literally a, someone else's finger inside you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we both eagerly have to go through some shit, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) So now that we've got the Todger out of the way, let's move on to our top takeaways from his interviews. Let's start with what he said about his brother William and sister-in-law Kate. Harry claimed that his brother and sister-in-law failed to welcome Meghan into the royal family. He says that they stereotyped her, accusing them of treating her differently because of her race, the fact that she was American, and a divorcee. Here he is telling Tom Bradbury all about it. Take a listen. There was a lot of stereotyping that was happening that I was guilty of as well at the beginning. Um, What do you mean by that? American actress. Right. Um, And that was playing out in the British press, in the media at the time as well. So, you know, the fact that I had that in the back of my mind and some of the things that my brother and sister-in-law, some of the way that they were acting or behaving, definitely felt to me as though, unfortunately, that stereotyping was causing a bit of a barrier to them really sort of, you know, introducing or welcoming her in. What do you mean specifically? Well, American actress, divorced, 
biracial. There's there's all different parts to that. So this is kind of the start of Harry taking jabs at his brother and he doesn't really paint him in a very good light in this book and neither does he do the same with Kate, his sister-in-law. So let's jump to the interview with Anderson Cooper where Harry is heard attacking his stepmother, Camilla Parker Bowles. He calls her a villain and dangerous and then he goes on to say that he ignored his father's wishes which were that he not attack his wife take a listen she was the villain she was the third person in the marriage she needed to rehabilitate her image you and your brother both directly asked your dad not to marry camilla yes why we didn't think it was necessary we thought that it was gonna cause more harm than good and that if he was now with his person, that surely that's enough. Why go that far when you don't necessarily need to? We wanted him to be happy, and we saw how happy he was with her. So at the time, it was okay. You wrote that she started a campaign in the British press to pave the way for a marriage, and you wrote, I even wanted Camilla to be happy. Maybe she'd be less dangerous if she was happy. Mm-hmm. How was she dangerous? Because of the need for her to rehabilitate her image. I'm not a child of divorce or haven't had a step-parent, so I kind of understand Harry's feelings might be a little bit, like, negative. It's always going to be hard for any family. I think 100% of divorced families, yeah. whenever they bring in someone new in, and especially in Harry's situation where his mother's passed away already, yeah. it's just it's going to be, it's going to be friction. You're never going to like that no, person. for a long time. And the hard thing with Camilla is she has been a constant in their lives. It's mm. not like Harry or William didn't know who she was because it was in the press that she was the other woman in their mother and father's relationship. And the kids would have seen that pain that caused Diana, right? Of course. Of course, but I can't help but feel a little sorry for Camilla. That is all in the past. She got dragged through the mud too. She has had her share of horrific press and still there, still standing by the guy she loves. Bit of a low blow from Harry there to kind of attack her again, you know? Harry then goes on to say that he insisted that anything he says to his family after the release of his book will be private despite revealing the details of private conversations he's had with his family over previous years. Now, these conversations included the attempted reconciliation talks after Prince Philip's funeral Mm. and the events after the Queen's death. Now, here he is telling Tom Bradbury he hopes to speak with his father and brother and those conversations will remain private. Take a listen to this. I don't think my father or brother will read the book. I really hope they do, but I don't think they will. And with regard to this interview, I I don't know whether they'll be you know, watching this or not, but what they have to say to me and what I have to say to them will be in private, and I hope it can stay that way. Why do the royals have to keep it private when Harry is throwing everything out there now? Mm. Like, it could actually be their only defence if they choose to make it public, whatever happens from here. Or maybe this is the catalyst where the family sit down and go, righto. Enough is enough. (laughs) None of us. None of us can leak anything anymore. None of these games. If you want to have a family private conversation, it stays in here. Yeah, and maybe they'll learn from this that it's like get rid of all those other people around them Mm. that are potential leaks and they Mm. actually just have a discussion as a family. Maybe this is Harry's weird way of making all of this happen. Yeah, you're not wrong. He's forcing their arm a bit to actually go, you know what, the way that it's been, it's wrong for the last 30 Mm. years. 
let's call everything out. And like you mentioned earlier in this episode, he is really throwing like everything out there. Everything. Yeah, he he's making waves for a reason. You're right. That's a really good observation. Okay, so Prince Harry then tells Tom Bradby that he didn't accuse an unnamed family member of racism. Now, this is, of course, referring to the interview him and Meghan did with Oprah two years ago, where they told her there were conversations about what color skin baby Archie would have. Do you remember this? In this audio, you're going to hear Tom and Harry kind of get into it. Take a listen. In the Oprah interview, you accuse members of your family of racism. You don't even... Well, of... The British press said that. Right. I, did did Megan ever mention that they're, they're racist? She said there were troubling comments about yeah, there, there was skin There was concern color. about his skin colour. Right. Wouldn't you describe that as essentially racist? I wouldn't. So, so again, going, mean, going back to yeah. the difference between what yeah. my understanding is, because okay. of my own experience, the difference between racism and unconscious bias, the two things are different. All right. I feel like Harry's backtracking in this moment because he brings up, like, the difference between racism and unconscious bias. Mm. I'm going to be honest. I don't really understand the term unconscious bias. I'll be honest with you, neither did I really either when yeah. I was watching it. But what I've taken away from it is basically, you know, what you're brought up in and what mm. you're fed from the media and also the surroundings, like your parents and things like that. What sure. kind of gets fed into your mind when you're younger, if that's your thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then you're like projecting that into the world. You're allowed to kind of get away with it once or twice yeah. as unconscious bias, right? Sure. But then if someone calls you out on that unconscious bias and says that behavior is wrong yep. and you don't correct that, then that moves into racism, right? Oh, Where, so it's this is, I think like what he's the trying to influence say. Like, that, you, that you brought up in or are around, mm. you don't realize is offensive to others. Right. If you, if you grow up with racist parents yeah. and they're there saying all these horrendous things inside the house. Yeah you're more likely to walk out into the world and say the same things that your parents said yeah, at the barbecues and think this is normal behaviour, yeah, right? Sure. And then when you get out there and someone goes, you know what, mate, that's a little bit fucked up what you just said there, yeah. mate, and then you don't correct that behaviour, I'm guessing that's what he's trying to say uh, here. I think so. In that Oprah interview, they kind of made it out like it was uh, his dad, like Charles, King Charles and Camilla maybe like having those conversations mm. When I heard that, I was a bit like, oh, they don't know any better. <laughs> doesn't make it okay, though, does it? Cause totally. Because now when you hear it out loud and you go, oh, okay, I understand what unconscious bias is, it, it is a bit shit that you haven't taken the time to educate yourself that that could be offensive to someone, mm. you know? I mean, I don't know how they didn't see that as slightly offensive at you the time anyway. You have pretty dim not to work <laughs> yeah. it out for yourself. But some people, look, unfortunately... Some people need to be told. That's exactly right. And I mean, okay, good point, Harry. I'll be on your side for this one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
In Anderson Cooper's interview, he details how he wanted proof of his mother's death. Talking about looking at the pictures of the crash scene, yeah. that the last thing mummy saw on this earth was a flashbulb. Yeah. That's what you saw in the pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, they were the pictures showed the reflection of a group of photographers taking photographs through the window, and the reflection of the window was, was them. He only saw some of the crash photos. His private secretary and advisor dissuaded him from looking at the rest. All I saw was the back of my mum's head uh, slumped on the back seat. There were other more gruesome photographs, but I will be eternally grateful to him for denying me the ability to inflict pain on myself by saying that, because that's the kind of stuff that sticks in your mind forever. You told your driver, I want to go to the tunnel Mm -hmm. where my mom died. I wanted to see whether it was possible driving at the speed that you could lose control of a car and plow into a pillar, killing almost everybody in that car. I need to ride the same route. The same tunnel, the same speed. All of it. The blonde hair on the back of the seat. Oh, my God. And him reenacting this way she died, like driving down the tunnel at the same speed. I've been through that tunnel before, and it isn't long. It's it's quite a short tunnel. Just the image of, you know, all of the news around his mother and everything going on, and then he grows up and he can drive, right? Yeah. And it's maybe like a a Sunday morning Mm. or, or Sunday night. It's quiet. Everyone's moved on with their life. But Harry is still driving through that tunnel far. Yeah, like, trying to figure out how And no one knows he's wrong. doing this. Yeah. And he's just on his own doing this moment over and over again just to like and, – yeah. and every time he goes through that tunnel, mm. he's looking over and looking at that pylon where she would have where hit. Where it hit. Yeah, exactly. Horrific. Yeah. So sad. It's sad. So sad that he had to relive that and he actually did he, relive it. Yeah. It's... Over and over again. Now, let's chat about the altercation Harry detailed between him and his brother William. This is pretty full on. Yeah. He's talking about it with Anderson Cooper. Take a listen here. He had a few issues which were based not on reality. And I was defending my wife and he was coming for my wife. She wasn't there at the time. But through the things that he was saying, I was defending myself and we moved from one room into the kitchen and his frustrations were growing and growing and growing. He was shouting at me. I was shouting back at him. It wasn't nice it wasn't pleasant at all and he snapped and he pushed me to the floor he knocked you over he knocked me over um i landed on the dog bowl you cut your back yeah i cut my back i didn't know about it at the time but um yeah he he apologized afterwards it was a pretty nasty experience but he asked you not to tell anybody not to tell megan yeah and and i wouldn't have done i didn't until she until she saw on the on my back she goes what's that i was like uh what i actually didn't know what she was talking about i looked in the mirror i was like because well, I'd never, I hadn't seen it. That to me just sounds real petty. Like I don't know siblings who have not had a fight. Every single sibling fights at some point. And it's so lame that he's like, and the dog bowl cracked, and my back was like scratched. Like, bro. I remember my brother down. and I wrestling in the backyard. Yeah. Right, we had a dog Floyd who would just poo everywhere. Right, <laughs> yeah. and I remember we got into a a wrestle one time. <laughs> He got on top of me yeah. and ended up pushing my face into oh, the dog shit. Oh, face! 
You'd be traumatized. Mate, oh, but that's the kind of shit the brothers do. And that's way I guess worse. I'm, I'm outing him now, right? Yeah, you are. But, like, that's so I find funny. it funny, though. Do you, wanna, you know what? I, I've done something similar to my younger brother, Steve. So I had the shits with him, and um, literally, and he was riding his bike. Our dog had done a shit in the front yard, and I picked it up on a stick. And mm. as we were little, so as he was driving past me, I flicked it on his head. Boom. Boop. Yeah. Fell right on top of his head, and he jumped off the bike crying and ran inside with shit all over him. Now, hello to our listeners living overseas. This is what we do down in Australia. <laughs> yeah. We fling poo and push push our siblings' faces into poo. It's here. just normal. It's not, is it? No, or are well, we just fucked okay, up? Okay, the poo stuff's not normal. It's weird that we both have a poo story. Yeah. But I just feel like the, those physical altercations Oh, there's always shit happen. that goes on it between happens. siblings. You just got to kind of keep that stuff under wraps for yeah. the family, right? And the, your brother would have felt bad for doing No, he didn't, actually. Let's be honest. <laughs> We still laugh about it now (laughs) at barbecues. Whenever we go home at Christmas time, he'll point at a dog shit and go, watch out. (laughs) Well, Harry said William felt bad. So it's nice that at least William recognised what he did was wrong. Okay, guys, there's one more grab we want to play you, and it's from Stephen Colbert's interview. Now, I know we didn't mention this earlier, but I thought it was really important for us to bring it up because it's the only interview Prince Harry does, which is a little bit light and fun. Uh, and it's something that I've always wanted to know. If the royal family watch The Crown on Netflix, take a listen to what Harry said. Uh, You've watched The Crown, right? You've got to have watched some of The Crown, right? <laughs> People love it. Yes, I have actually watched The Crown. Oh, yeah. Well, the yeah, recent it, it, stuff or, or the, the, the older stuff? Uh, the older stuff and the more recent stuff. Yeah. Um, Do you fact check it while you watch it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. Yes, I do, actually. (laughs) Which, by the way, by the way, (laughs) another reason why it's so important that history has it right. All right, so this is so good to hear because it proves that the show is actually factually correct. Yeah, like he doesn't deny that there are things that are false in it. Mm. I mean, of course, the conversations that are scripted are not verbatim what the Of course, they can't. It's Hollywood. You've got to make some conversations a bit more sparkly than what they are. Yeah, but the actual events that take place, Harry's saying he fact-checked them Mm. and he doesn't say they're incorrect. And, oh, I just love that he watches it. I love it. What a weird thing. Yeah. To imagine if there was a like a, a go- TV show about a your family. Box, though, imagine the royals sitting oh, down. The queen. Yes. Sitting and there. Like a goggle box version of the entire royal family watching the crown. Do you think the queen would be there in her PJs just sitting there? Yeah, yeah. With a wine in her hand. With a gin and tonic. Yeah. With the corgi sitting there. Yep. And just... then you got Philip next to her. Oh, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And then Philip's like, yeah, no, that did happen. That Remember did... that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, did it? <laughs> oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Steve was there that day, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wearing a red hat, wasn't I? And then Anne with the speed dealer sunnies oh. rolls in. And she's just like, mummy. <laughs> Netflix, there's your next TV show. Yeah, get it happening. The Royal Family Gogglebox. Okay, guys, so that's everything you need to know about Harry's book spare and the press he did around the release. Now, let's not forget that Harry made a whopping $20 million on this book and it was paid to him in advance. Mm. So no doubt, I'm sure he... uh, We have to perform. I mean, if you get 20 mil... You're going to perform for that 20 mil, right? And so that probably shows why there's so much detail. (laughs) There's so much. Because there's been some producer there going, 
We gave you 20 million, mate. Fucking share your story. <laughs> yeah. I want everything, including the Todger details. And, and you reckon he's like, oh, maybe I won't share that. And he's like, you'll fucking share that. We gave you $20 million. Check your bank account. We can take it back out of there if you don't fucking share the Todger. <laughs> That's right. The threats that would have been going on behind the scenes. You fucking share. Yeah. I think they had to sell like over a million copies to break even or something like that. And so surely they would sell that. You know? Oh, mate, they've done that for sure. Don't you reckon? Yeah. 100%. All right, that is it for us. Great episode today, Son. I regret what I said earlier. I was kind of interesting reliving the Harry shit again. Yeah. You know, like it's still good. Well, it's sad now because we're not going to get any more. That's true. It's I'll, over. Although, don't, is you, it? don't you think Megan's going to come out with her own memoir about what happened and then there'll be some other weird Todger story for her? <laughs> if I was Prince Charles, I'd be thinking, Time to cash in. Well, my son has made a bit of coin here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, uh, well. Actually, was... has there ever been a royal book? Been Are they allowed them. to do that? Or have you got to leave the family to do a book? No, I think there's definitely books about them. No, has, any, I has don't... anyone royal written a book themselves? I gone, don't believe so. Here's what goes so. on, guys. Oh, Fergie. Sarah Fergie. Yeah, they've got to leave. They've always got to leave yeah. the family. True. Yeah. Maybe this is something new for the royal family to start doing. Start sharing some of these stories. Yeah, they are quite entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it makes them feel normal, doesn't it? You know, like... We've all got our drama, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, well, that is it. And we will see see you next next Tuesday. Tuesday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.